What's up, everybody? It's Keith from Stream Team with me, as always, Chris Lowry and Cole Miller. And today we're kidnapping babies. We're stealing children, <laughs> raising. <laughs> because I figured the family has so many children, there's really no need for them to have that many. So I just don't yeah, think it's yeah. fair. It's a burden. But, yeah, more than they can handle. Yeah. Way more than they can handle. So I figured the way the way it maths up is just that we should steal them. Yeah. So we're going back to 1987, mm-hmm. Raising Arizona, a Nicholas Coppola, Nicholas Cage movie. Mm-hmm. He was going by Cage at this point in his career. He was going by Coppola in the early 80s whenever he was in Days and Confused. But anyways, 1987, Coen Brothers, runtime, one hour, 34 minutes. Rotten Perfect. Tomatoes score. Rotten Tomatoes score the 90 to 85. The field loves it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great I, movie. Yeah. yeah, a lot, a lot of high marks for this race in Arizona movie. We can talk about why there's a lot of good people in this movie. I mean, in particular, well, we got John Goodman, we got Nicholas Cage, we got Frances McDormand again. This is the second time we've it's had her dropping by, and I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna gloss over like we did the first time, and that's my mistake, just because I was probably just swooning over Timothy Chalamet. But anyway, it happens, best of us. It does. I was gonna say. Be like that. Crazy thing about it is 1987. I know this movie had a six million dollar budget, made almost 30 million dollars. Six million bucks. John Goodman, Nicolas Cage, Francis McDormand, Holly Hunter, William yeah. Forsyth. Like <laughs> all these people <laughs> in this movie for six million. These people were working for peanuts, like minimum wage. Even they were just like, man, we, we'll take a cut and get get some people in this movie, you know. But yeah, for sure. It this is was it's the a movie. Uh, first movie ever played at an Alamo Draft House. No really? kidding. Yeah, they did. Um, it was Cold actually not trip. not too far from here. Um, where they did the first showing. So. Heck yeah, man! Well, that's the trivia for the night. So we can go ahead and wrap it. Yeah, all yeah, we just, <laughs> yeah. no Oscars. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go ahead and call it a night, man. The quickest pot hey, ever. That's crazy. It is. That's I awesome. It was like around this time. It was like a couple of years later. This was like in '87 when it happened. It's just when the first one, yeah, it opened up. Um, yeah. And I think I, I want to say it was like an outdoor screening or something. I can't remember. I remember oh. recently they did like a celebration and they did a mm-hmm. free screening of this at the original location. Um, I couldn't make it, but it sounded like a pretty cool party. So yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Also, this doesn't feel like a 1987 movie. I can't explain. This doesn't feel no, it plays 87 well. is not that old. Yeah, like it plays like I was sitting here waiting for Keith to say like 94 or something like that. Like at the yeah. latest. It's very strange. Weirdly it's enough, it does actually kind of play a little bit like a dazed and confused, where yes. it feels like it takes place in 1987, but not that it was filmed in 1987. Yeah. 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 No, I'm with you. It does. I mean, really the only thing that it, it's the, it's the, the decor of the, of the houses, right. Of the places that we're in that looks like that. Cause even the wardrobe doesn't feel like 87. It's real hard. It's real difficult to describe, to explain. I mean, even with Nathan Arizona wearing his bolo ties, it just like you said, it feels mm-hmm. like it's more modern. It's just placed in 87, but yeah, 1987, one of my, well, for me, my earliest dealings with Nicolas Cage, and we'll talk about the rest of the cast, but talk about Nicolas Cage, an interesting career for a guy that is, is, is he a good actor? Is Nicolas Cage a good actor? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say so, yeah. I think we talked about it before. Yeah. It's, all about, it's an Oscar like, winner. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. what did he say? <laughs> I want to say it's he said like about. That was King's speech, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Different. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I can't argue with that. During that voting it. window. No, and I'm not saying this to start the pot. I'm not trying to be controversial because you know I, I I love Nicholas Cage. I mean, for again to explain what happened at work, Cole made a greatest Nicholas Cage's movie folder on my desktop at work, <laughs> and when I opened it, it was empty. Okay, so let's not let's, let's, just, <laughs> let's not pretend I'm the Nicholas Cage hater here. But we all we all know that he is the president of the Nicholas Cage fan club. So I, I'm yeah. not gonna sit sit here and pretend like he isn't somebody that he is, but. This, so this I guess it's, per- I, yeah, I guess the, I, I'm, so it, it's interesting because I think the movie choices and the sheer volume of movies that he makes would point to a career that you wouldn't necessarily say of somebody who is a good actor, right? Like that mm-hmm. would be somebody that just was searching for a paycheck, was making as many movies as they possibly can, that sort of thing. But I think if you take some of the stuff that he's done and you put it, you know, against any type of performance, like leaving Las Vegas, the one he did win an Oscar for was an exceptional Mm -hmm. fucking performance. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there are times in movies where he completely overacts and he does his his kind of goofy thing. But I do know I do also think that that probably is due to the fact that it, it, we're, what do you cast Nicolas Cage in, right? Like you need him mm-hmm. for a quirky role. You need him to be this larger than life character. So when those movies pop up, who are you going to pick, right? And who are you going to pay large sums of money for? I think Nicolas Cage is a is a good actor. And, and I think that this movie is a great representation of a skill set. Um, and I think that, you know, some of the others that like, Obviously, National Treasure and, you know, The Rock and those sort of movies aren't really necessarily showcasing a skill set that he has. Um, but this, you know, leaving Las Vegas, those types of movies, I think he is genuinely a good actor. I feel right. like he kind of has. And when I first say this, it's kind of like that sounds like blasphemy, but I feel like it's kind of maybe the Denzel thing where he just has this high volume of movies because he like you were saying, Keith, about Denzel, I think last week. He just enjoys the process of like he just loves to act. He loves to be at something. It seems like that's the case with Nicolas Cage, but it just it just hasn't gone as well for him as it has for some of the other people who, you know, just enjoy that pure sentiment of being in a film and being on set and just going through the process of just being an actor. And that has resulted in some some stinkers, you know, sneaking into his filmography. But yeah, I saw that to just mostly agree with Cole's point. It's just about He's just done so much, and there are just it's just literally some things that you just see are not that great. And it kind of you know drops your perception, but then when you look at the good stuff that he's in, it's like, oh, well, he's good, he's a good actor, but it's like it's the performance, I guess, are maybe few and far between. That's like always the weird thing about like actors and what you can't do with maybe like sports, even you know. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, I don't think you can fluke into like being a good actor or fluke into like winning the Academy Award. You can have like a, I don't know, like a, a couple of random seeds where you just play really, really well and people are still stuck on like, is this guy good or not? You know, it's like when you're an actor, you do have those good films. And again, the, the award winning one is just like, well, he is, but 
fuck's going on every six years in between him being good? What's he, what's he doing? <laughs> and, and it's definitely like he is one of the weirder like Oscar winners, right? Like you don't necessarily think this guy just deserves to be, you know what I mean? And like, that is, that is just genuinely true. Like that would be, if you wanted to blow somebody's mind about somebody who had an Oscar, you would probably bring up Nick Cage. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I mean, obviously that role, he crushed it. And sometimes that's really all you need is the role to come along that you're good at. Some people are, you know, like Daniel Day-Lewis are good at everything, but they're, you know, others that, like Nicolas Cage, he found the perfect thing for him to do and uh, crushed it. Absolutely. And I mean, how many, so how many actors are we going to get to have a movie like The the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? And it'd actually be a good movie, you know? like Who could pull that off, right? (laughs) Truly, like, who could pull that off and it it be the success? I mean, that that was a really good movie. Like, you know, very funny. When when I saw the previews, I was like, "This is going to be great!" Like there was no doubt in my mind, and I, and I knew what it was going to be. And I was like, "This this movie is is hilarious." And sorry, I, I said days of confused. He early in his career, he was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. but I knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah, same thing. But when it comes <laughs> to his early career, so like I said, this is ninety seven. Not a ton, like just like Chris, just like you're saying, eighty two. He had, he was in that. And he was credited as Brad's bud. Didn't even have a name. Wasn't like Mike or even you know early in guys' career. They just their their name is just their name, right? The character's name. Yeah, but other guy, right? <laughs> so this is '87. He had a few things in between. Then he hits. And I probably I'm sorry if I'm glossing over some things that, that people consider really good. But for me, like Cole, you're saying '95, leaving Las Vegas. '96, The Rock. '97, Con Air. '97, Face Off. 98 City of Angels, 98 Snake Eyes, 99 8 Millimeter, 2000 Gone in 60 Seconds. And then it's just like, yeah, this guy's, he makes, put him in that, some stuff and he's really good. That run, man. Like, I know we've talked about it before, but that Several is times. an absurd run of movies. That's a lot of really, th- that th- is that's some Tom really Hanks type shit. <laughs> it is. It, it, I mean, it's, and that's not even hyperbole of being sarcastic. That is a, an incredible no. movies. Like if if any actor had one of those in their in in their canon, they would be like doing pretty well, right? Like if you if you just had face off, it'd be like, oh fuck yeah, that dude was a movie star. And yet all those in a row. So it is, and I wasn't like again, I'm not asking that question to be controversial because he's an actor that I do enjoy. It is just interesting because he is just the non traditional good actor, I guess is the best way to put it. Like. It's Very, not, yeah. is he, I'm not going to say he's an acquired taste, I, you know, an Oscar winner is that's not going to be the case, but it is a scenario where I just don't know if everybody can enjoy every single thing, unless it's one of the bigger blockbusters. And it's like, Oh yeah, of course I like going to 60 seconds, of course. But even then he, I feel like he has to have this, like, I don't want to call it a tick or something that he does. It's just a little different than just being like the straight up character in whatever the movie is. But, and even in all of those, he plays like, especially in Face Off, Cola movie that we we've talked about several mm-hmm. times that we really do enjoy. But I mean, We're doing it one day as Cast. Oh, absolutely! But as Caster <laughs> Troy, he was completely off his rocker, and it was great. Like was he, that's one of one of my favorite villains. Like that that role, man. It just it was incredible. He asked that that FBI agent. He said, "If he's talking about eating a peach for hours." You know, mm-hmm. like he's, if, if I were if I were to let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? Like who says it in a movie and people are like, Yep, 
Like that's yeah, yeah. that's that's the line I want to. I'm going to give you Nick Cage, and you're just going to do your thing. So you're just going to do it, yeah. Yeah, we're just going to we're just going to roll out with that. But it is a case in this movie where he's early in his career, and I still like I, I feel like he's trying to find his footing. I always like watching actors or actresses early in their career, and we feel like they're just trying to find their niche with each of their characters, trying to find like how do I want to play this? Am I going to play this really serious? Or am I going to play this silly? Clearly, this is not a serious movie. So he had a lot of liberty, I feel like, with, with his particular character, as everybody did in their roles. And with this, it felt like he was, it was the motivation for Cameron Poe's Southern accent, which I hated. Like, that was my least favorite part mm. of Con Air. Least favorite part of Con Air. And Dave Chappelle was thrown out of a plane. So, just yeah, let you know. Amy. <laughs> he was thrown out of a plane, and that's my favorite comedian of all time. And that, but it, that, and then also, go, like, the motivation for Ghost Rider with, with Leonard Small's character, you know, he's like mm-hmm. driving down the highway and he's got the flames, all this other stuff. But, you know, Chris talking about actors early, you know, actresses, actors early in their career and finding a footing for like this. Is a movie like this better for somebody than trying to have like a serious drama where they're still learning how to act, but they also have to give this, you know, just incredible performance so people will take them seriously? I guess it kind of depends on what your skill set is. So I think the tricky part about trying to rush into those serious dramas early on is that like sometimes you're trying to find your footing and they pair you up with someone who's just been like on one of the hottest runs, has been one of the best actors the last three or five years or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's like you're still trying to, you know, you're still trying to figure out where you are and, you know, come around on your skill set and like, is this going to be where I can get people to really see what I'm capable of? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mean you run into Tom Hanks, you're like, oh, fuck, well, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's what I have to act the opposite of, you know, in every scene in this movie. So I think that something like this is interesting because it does allow you to show up your skill set in a lot of different ways. Like, there were some serious moments in this, in sort of the opening and sort of the ending, some like more dramatic types of There was some comedy. There were some bits where he was able to do like the Nick Cage thing where he kind of plays it up and is, you know, quirky and goofy and just really. He never got to full on over the top, I don't think, but he got to play it up a whole lot. He got to really showcase like what he's capable of and also like Absolutely. what you want to see him do, right? So it's like mm-hmm. but you know, but not everyone has that kind of mix of having this pure talented skill set that just needs to be tapped into while also having this kind of energy, this kind of weird thing that they have about him that draws you to it. Like a weird example. Maybe not super because I guess he's done like Timothy Shallon. Like, we just know him to be a pretty good actor. Like, he's able to just sink in the roles and do that, but he doesn't have this, you know, there's not the Timothy Chalamet thing. Like you said, Keith, you know, and everything that Nick Cage does, I feel like his characters have to have some kind of tick, some kind of loose screw mm-hmm. or something like that. And we don't think mm-hmm. of Timothy Chalamet as being a guy who always finds a way to slip something like that into his role. So while he does have a lot of things that are, you know, similar. He whispers a lot. <laughs> he does. He is a low talker. I That's will his say thing. That. <laughs> For a guy who's my height, he is a low talker. He walks with his head down a lot. I'll give him that. Mm. Uh, but you know, what I mean, so like it, it kind of depends on on what your true skill set is, and if you're one of those guys or one of those girls who brings like a thing with you. I mean, it's like, yeah, I can do your role. I can do what you want me to do this, but I also have my thing that people know me for. So I feel like that's. 
really like a one foot in one foot out kind of answer but it's almost like it's tricky to be defending because it just depends on what you can do as an actor but for somebody like him i do think this is a great way to you know kind of take that step forward and kind of emerge as like a fantastic actor because again got the show off the shops i've show what i'm really capable of i can be serious i can take a script and do what you want me to do but also there are these things about me that i just bring to whatever film whatever script that people are going to find endearing and want to see me do for forever. Right. And and I think that, well, and just like we talked about, much like we talked about with Al Pacino in Heat, I feel like there was just a point where we were just like, this, you know, he he leaned into just like, this is what I'm going to be as an actor in general. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. too far left or right. I'm just going to be somewhere, well, and it's, I guess it's hard to say he won't be too far on one side or the other because there's yeah, definitely some roles where he does. does. <laughs> he doesn't get down the middle. And so then he's like, I'm not going to be here. I'm just going to kind of be wherever I feel happy at that particular moment. And it's just interesting how he's done that kind of masterfully. Honestly, it, it is it is really strange to say. And again, that's why I asked that question, because I just don't know that everybody that anybody could do that. And people will be like, yeah, I'm going to go see Nick Cage's movie. I'm going to go see eight millimeter the face off or that's whatever, you know. one, by the way. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So I like it, but it's fucking crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so, and then that's why I asked the question, and I think that that that's what that's why he is such a special talent, just because the caliber of movie that he had, the caliber actor that he has been, and the movie that he has made, movies he's made, people are still just like, oh no, we're going to go see these movies, and and we're, we're going to enjoy them because it's Nicolas Cage. Cole, does this movie play like a Wes Anderson movie to you a little bit? Yeah, I could see where you would why you would say that. Yeah. Um it's it's paced similarly to a Wes mm-hmm. Anderson movie. Um mm-hmm. and it, it's definitely like a, a, a pure comedy that isn't just like screwball comedy, right? Like that mm-hmm. everything right. is intended to make you laugh, be larger than life topics rather than just like a dick joke here and there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely got that sort of comedy. And I know like most of the Wes Anderson films play very similar to that too. So I could see like, it's actually interesting. This one is after bottle rocket, right? Because these two movies mm-hmm. kind of play a lot alike. Yes, they do. And that's like just pacing wise. And just, I mean, just mm-hmm. whenever it comes to a bit, like the bit was really leaned into. And of course, what I think about yeah. is actually being my best scene was whenever H.I. is going to go try to like steal one of the babies as he's trying to figure out which one to take. And like the babies are all over the room and they're up and down the hallway. And he I mean, jump on him. He climbed up a ladder a, twice. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's that's like a 12 a, minute scene, you know? And yeah. so you know, a lot of times like there's a bit and it's like, okay, we've got this. And, you know, it's like just like SNL. we got one sketch and move to the next one. But that is like, no, this is the bit. And we're going to have this for 8, 10, 12 minutes. Yeah. Just like, yeah. He, yeah. I mean, just like when, when H.I. was going to steal the diaper or rob the convenience store, right? Like that chase, the, the robbing the convenience store and then the ensuing chase is, you know, that was another 15 minutes. Yeah. 15 minutes, you know, I mean, like from him going to the next to the grocery store to the cop about to you know pulling a gun on about to shoot him and then he throws the diapers at him and then the lady with the buggy like runs the cop out yeah Yeah. so it is it is just interesting set piece of the next but but they they all land you know and obviously the the score reflects that and i think Mm -hmm. even the the earnings reflect that too 1987 30 million is a lot of money especially given the investment at six million dollars so 
it shows that this is a, and has been a, a an entertaining movie. But you know, we we talk about and we'll talk about several people when it comes to this. Holly Hunter is Ed. How man? How much did you enjoy her in this role, dude? Cole, man, like yeah, not to give away too much, but she's my rinse too. But um, dude, Holly Hunter bitch. is so like. And I think uh, the this latest watch, I've noticed more the way she does like all of her uh, physical acting. And mm-hmm. like that's that's interesting to say, because Nick Cage is like the master of that. Right. But Holly Hunter mm-hmm. just completely upstages everybody with the way she does her mouth, like her her, you know, her eyes or cheek expressions. I don't even know how she has so much control over <laughs> her face. Right. Like no, the amount of stuff that she does in this movie is just so good. And in a lot of ways, I feel like she was kind of underutilized, but I know like obviously it was the perfect amount because this movie is about as perfect as I think it could be. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what you would do to make this better because it's just outstanding. Right. Um, And I think I want to say like, she's the best part of it, man. Like she is so good. And the Ed character like isn't necessarily a role that you would just want to take. And she just smokes it. She really does, man. I and mean, from beginning to end. And, and I mean, she's a s- scene stealer every time yeah, it's, absolutely. it's her and anybody else. She's the one. And I know her character was written like that, but as far as it mm-hmm. being believable where she like, you know, whenever Gail and, and, and evil got there after they broke out of prison, Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, they can't stay here. We're having respectable friends come over tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Different things. You know, they're like, man, we see who wears the pants here. And like, it was believable. It wasn't a case where it's like, you know, this, this, this female lead is like, okay, she's going to be wearing the pants. It's like, okay, she just dropped this line here or there. Like when she was like, no, you're doing this. And I mean it, I was like, shit, dude, like y'all better, y'all better find yeah, somewhere y'all better else. Chill to the stay. fuck out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like y'all better find somewhere else to stay because she's not y'all are staying here. She's got some good friends coming over, but the, the premise is just, it's absurd. It's absurd. And that's what makes it so funny because legitimately like we can't have a baby. So we're going to go steal a family's baby because they had quintuplets. And the, and I think that just sets the premise for how this movie is going to go. Chris, you know, talk about, I mean, just the introduction itself, like we didn't get the title to probably, you know, four or five minutes in, which was just a great title run, by the way, as far as them introducing the movie and having the music kick in and all that. But just talk about just, just how ridiculous it is just from Nick Cage being in prison so much that all the guards at the prison knew him by name. And like, they were like, don't forget his (laughs) fingerprints, you know, like all this other stuff, but just the introduction itself and rolling into the movie with the, with the relationship between HI and Ed and, and all things considered, how awesome was that to start? It was great. Yeah, it's one of those that's like we just kind of slowly figure out what's going to cause us to get to the insane plot. And that's just how most movies work. Like they don't just outright tell you, hey, this is what's going to happen. But it's nice that we right. see how that relationship develops. And then like from there, we get to her not being able to have kids or whatever. And it's nice that it's like that main point was like a little further it wasn't super late to me but it's like it's it's moved enough where like there's enough that happens in front of it you know what i mean so it's like when it hits you you're already good and settled into the characters and like fully locked in with them by the time that you find out what they're going to do and i think like there's sometimes we can get something like that we'll find out what the big play is you know what the the goofy what the silly part of the premise is before we really have a sense of the characters you know 
And so it's like, mm-hmm. so now you're trying to get on board with that while also trying to understand why these are people who would do that. What about their personalities would cause them to want to do that? But, you know, you see that, you know, H.I. is a, a lifelong criminal, right? He's been in a lot of trouble. So in his mind, he's thinking, oh, if something happens and I can't work it out and I want something, I can just kind of steal it. And you can tell that Ed is pretty distraught by all the things that have happened to her, that she would be in a place that she'd be all right. That's all. I really think that that was just a perfect way to do it, to really just set us up with those characters and set us up with those introductions. If you don't need like a, you know, 15, 20 minute, you know, slow open to really get to know him, it's just to get this kind of montage, a little bit of narration to it. And then three minutes after the title card, they're like, we're going to steal a baby. And I'm like, all right, that'll do it. <laughs> That's kind yeah. of how you do it. Here's what we are. We're sneaking into a nursery and stealing a baby. Like, And it's just so funny because Nathan and his wife are just sitting downstairs, like reading the paper. And as all that's going on up there, he's just like, everything okay? And she's like, it's fine. Like, neither one of them was startled enough to go check on one of their five newborns. And so they're just like, let's just. Well, that's not crazy. They just had five newborn babies just like in one bed. And it's just like, that doesn't seem safe. No divider. Mm. Like, what if one of them rolls on top of the other? Like, and to just leave them on, you know, unattended be less like, funny if they were on different arrested. beds though <laughs> <laughs> that is true yeah, i like when he goes that sounded like nathan jr or no harry <laughs> or one of them yeah you yeah, like, knew yeah. which baby yeah, it was what do you know? <laughs> yeah it was just yeah, that was funny because bi shows up and he's like which one was or when the press shows up like which one was abducted he's like nathan jr i think <laughs> yeah nathan jr i think <laughs> yeah no it, he it was is so funny in this man listen uh, I went back and forth because I watched it a couple times, and and I he, he made me change some of my categories. I'll say that just the the yeah. scene where he's being asked about the the abduction and what his last name used to be, and he's like, "You gonna buy some furniture from somebody named Nathan? Well, for whatever his what last was his last name, <laughs> yeah. like Halfenhauser or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. something like that. The, the shit, <laughs> shit was hilarious, man. And he's like, "What was the baby wearing?" He's like. A dinner jacket. He's a like, damn <laughs> dinner jacket. <laughs> Dude, that should kill me, man. Because it's like, yeah, exactly. Like that's what do you expect a child to be wearing when he's asleep? Uh, yeah, pajamas, like drinking coffee, eating cake, and shit in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like in Ex Machina, whenever, whenever Oscar Isaac asks him, he's like, "What's your favorite type?" He's like, "A woman." He's like, "No, a salad dressing." Yes, a woman. Yes, a woman. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it, it is. It's just, it's just that ridiculous premise, but she just the, the opening was was great. I thought, and it just gave us a great introduction. I love being being introduced to the characters where it doesn't feel like an introduction, like it's not a title card where it's like Nicolas Cage, and then he shows up, and it's like almost like a '90s sitcom. You know, we have him getting his mug shots, and he's in and out of prison. Like as soon as he was released, he was like right back to to trying to rob convenience stores and do that thing. So. Clearly, he was a an institutionalized person because he just wasn't used to life on the outside. So he probably needed the the norms of prison or whatever. So I don't I don't know if that was intentional or not, or just to show just how much of a screw up, how many bad ideas he had. But yeah, so we get just that they still the high and or hi and Ed still literally still a baby and want to play family want to play like ed is so she is so enamored with the idea of playing like being having a family living the family life that they didn't think about like what are our friends going to think whenever we say like one day she's not pregnant the next day they have a you know a four-month-old baby because at that point i mean let's be honest like nathan looked like he was pushing like 10 months you know it's like <laughs> wait a second 
I thought these were newborns, but yeah, he was it pissing was... me off all that crawl. And I was like, all right, enough, enough <laughs> with the funny business. Walk. You're not yeah. fooling anybody. Yeah, he's like smoking he's a cigarette in between cuts, <laughs> and just like, get off the corner, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I'm selling weed. Baby, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling weed. <laughs> <laughs> baby, it's not safe. Go the fuck home. You say go home. Go home. The the best part of all that is him, him rolling down the window. And he's like, it's an old limousine. I had to roll it down. He's like, no windows. But I wasn't gonna get out the old limousine. Dude, that shit crushes me every time, man. It's so funny. I but it's concerned, but not too concerned. I wasn't getting out the car. <laughs> the old baby on the corner trick, huh? <laughs> Click. <laughs> click, click. He's like, "Hey, baby." <laughs> oh man! Hey, man, get. What are you doing? It's two o'clock in the morning, man. Get the fuck outside. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I'm selling weed." He said, "He said I bought two dimes from to calm my nerves." <laughs> <laughs> I had to calm my nerves. <laughs> 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 he had to buy two dollars from him. <laughs> I get my stomach hurts now. I did this to myself. Yeah, you brought, yeah, brought this. You brought this evil on you. I couldn't fight it, man. That baby was big as hell. That's all I could think about. That baby was big, man. But it was just. It was just that trying to explain to their friends because whenever Dot and Glenn come over, and of course we have Francis McDormand, Dot and Glenn, and they're just like. We didn't know you were pregnant, you know, like asking all these questions. And so, of course, you're going to be like, oh, well, uh, and trying to explain what's going on. Just just, just talking about the, you know, just like the comedy aspect of it and them trying to explain and then just trying to understand, honestly, just understand how to be parents. Like we could see the wheel spinning, Chris, you see the wheel spinning in H.I.'s head as he and Glenn are talking. He's like, man, it, it's kind of hectic, you know, because they had all their children running around the house and painting, you know, drawing fart on the wall and all this other stuff and like spraying. <laughs> but we kind of see HI was like, oh, shoot, like I'm a real parent now. Right. In real time. Yeah, because it's weird because like even when they're trying to adopt, you, know, you have you're going through the process like you have that bit of time to go ahead and start. to. And I know it's one of those things that you're like, you're not ready until it's ultimately, you know, like you're holding the baby for the first time. But even with an adoption process or pregnancy, mm -hmm. you have that time to try to prepare, right? To try to buy stuff, to try to read up on stuff, to try to think about what changes you need to make. But for them, he was like, one day I didn't have one. Then we saw in the news that someone had five babies and then I stole one that night and like, you know, he didn't have a baby, no thoughts on it. And in 24 hours, he had to be like a responsible parent. And you can just see like <laughs> in real time, he's like, I didn't have a child yesterday. But now mm -hmm. I do and I have to figure all this kind of stuff out. You know, you see they have the little book. And, you know, yeah, when, when you know, Dot comes over and she brings all of her kids and they're just tearing everything up, you can just see it really hitting him and just being like, oh, it's not going to be this baby forever. It's eventually going to come yeah. To, yeah, to one of these. <laughs> So that's also like one of the funny aspects of this. It's just like, again, everyone, you know, you don't know until you know, right? You just won't feel that kind of pressure and that kind of thing until you're in it. But for him, it's just like he didn't have the six month adoption, you know, review window. He'd have the nine months of his wife being pregnant. He had like 48 hours. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and he like, all right, you got to commit a crime now. to get it, you know? That's true. Right. You had to buy an adult large hoodie to put that fucking baby in. Yeah. 
<laughs> the baby was shaving by the time they got to the house. <laughs> but I think that is that is realistic, and you know, just having experience with friends or whatever, like people, you know, get baby fever, families or whatever. And you know, obviously, when people do have children or start decide to start a family, they've done some preparation for. It. But I think there's only so many things that people can do in preparation to being parents and having children and all that stuff. So I think it is, even if they had gone through the proper channels and not actually stolen a child, they still like that, that process still would have looked like that to them. So it is interesting to see him try to figure it out, even though Ed seemed pretty well put together. And, but of course with her being with her being in law enforcement and her being the uh, clearly the more mature of the two, she was the one wanted to do all that so she was going to be a little bit more put together a little bit more calm a little calmer still like he was the one like oh no i don't i don't know how this is going to go he was asking glenn all those questions and glenn just <laughs> glenn just was like telling all those like racist jokes and then he's also trying to you know, pawn dot off on you know talk about want to be yeah. swingers you know he wasn't even listening to to hi at that point so he was just you know clearly so he i mean just he's the diesel just to let y'all know because man he he did mm-hmm. a lot of in a short amount of time, he had a lot going on. And that's saying, to me, yeah. that's saying a lot for a movie that features two people who quite literally steal someone's Still child. Baby. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, nope, somebody else is the diesel. So, yeah, but Cole, you know, talk, Cole talked about just the, 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 the joys of parenthood as they are going through it in real time on top of them. Still trying to, like, figure out how to get money and still trying to figure out, you know, the rest of things that go with life. A very interesting um character study into how families are kind of bizarre right like Mm -hmm. the absurdity of this is not lost on anybody watching which i think is why it plays so well because it's like okay yes this is an absurd absurd thing for them to do but in theory all of the logic kind of checks out to a certain extent like it doesn't because of course that's not what you're supposed to do but in their head they're like there's too many children here. We can't have a children. We can't have a child. This is what we need to do to make sure we have a child. Right. And like <laughs> one plus one plus one equals three. Right. And so it's very bizarre math, the way that it's working out. And the examination of these two characters, of course, is as bizarre as it could possibly be because one's a police officer. One is a, a you know career felon. And so all of that sort of stuff plays particularly well because it is so much larger than life. And I think that like what the Cohen brothers do extremely well um, and doesn't really matter what type of movie that they are making, they when they are exploring a certain topic, they do it as large as they can, whether that's Anton Chigurh, whether that's, you know, um, Ed and, and High, that you can't you're not left with anything besides the questions answered that they gave you to begin with. And I think that that is why this movie plays so well is that there isn't a ton of ambiguity. It's just very Mm -hmm. straightforward. It's very funny. It's very larger than life. And especially with a topic that we're all so familiar with, right? So the family aspects of this film, I think make it interesting because it's, it is not a normal family. Right. And it's interesting because like even then we have like the friends dynamic of it with Gail and Evil breaking themselves out of jail. And she was like, so y'all busted. What are y'all doing out? So early? like, so y'all busted out. I was like, no, we just felt like the prison didn't have any voluntary more. checked herself out. Yeah, we didn't have any more. <laughs> so we just left on our under our own recognizance. But 
just even like even with them showing up and and HR wanted to be like, I just want to hang out. I just want to play PlayStation with the buddies. You know what I mean? Like he just wanted to hang out with his friends at that point. And it's yeah. like, you know, even though he had stolen the child, he still had responsibilities as a father at that point then too. So they were like, you know, trying mm-hmm. to hang out and stay up all night and drink beer or do whatever, you know, whatever, obviously having just breaking out, having a very Shawshank esque breakout of prison. Which oh, was yeah. the- that was just a direct rip off. And they were just Dude. like, we're doing this. And this is just, yeah. That scene was hilarious. Hilarious as he popped out of the ground as Gail John Goodman's character popped out of <laughs> also hilarious how he got Will Forsythe out of the yeah, ground. He grabbed him by the foot and just way. like pulled him out. <laughs> he put him like a dude, he put him out like a breach baby, dude. Like he was <laughs> <laughs> so He was just yelling. He's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rush me, man. Cause I'm just yeah. like, what's happening right now? But dude, that, that yeah. was just funny. But yeah, I just, I just think he, HR found himself in that position where it's like, yeah, I want to hang out with the boys or I want to go out, you know, and I know it was like out to the bar or like I just want to hang out with my friends. It's like, no, he has, he has a responsibility now. So I feel like Colin, I think you're right where this topic is addressed, but it's addressed in a, in a Cohen type way, not so much as like, directly but as we have these guys break out of prison we're trying they're trying to hang out with they try and have fun with him but he can't now because he's a parent who who doesn't even have his son named which was which was funny i think did you like that that how they how that was played up with them breaking out yeah for sure and uh, yeah you're right the not knowing the son's name like ed jr was fucking hilarious at one point and he was like oh yeah ed jr um <laughs> i love that <laughs> one man but um yeah, I think it the the whole immediate parent thing is obviously a comedic trick that's just always going to work because like mm-hmm. that is such a massive responsibility so you take two very not necessarily irresponsible people. I mean, I guess in this case, yeah, irresponsible people and you just give them the most important responsibility that they could possibly have <laughs> and do that overnight like that obviously is going to always work and clearly it worked really well in this one yeah no it it did and and well no it was legit like they were overnight overnight parents one night they didn't have a child the next night after raiding somebody's house is like like you said going up a ladder twice to decide <laughs> to decide which child was good like what did he say like when a charlie he could- chaplin movie like yeah right <laughs> I mean, it really was, though, because, like, Cage didn't have a ton of lines, so it was just funny as he was trying to navigate that scene and really be like, okay, what what child am I going to steal and all this other case. What did he say when he went out the first time and she was like, basically, like, where's the where's the baby? What, I forgot what he said to her. He's like, none of them took to me or something like that. Mm, I don't remember. I remember. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember what it was he said, but it was a funny line just because he was like, she was just expecting him to go in, get a child, and come out, and he comes out empty-handed. So she sends him back in the house. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not getting in the car until you come back with the baby. Same sentence. Yeah. That is <laughs> <That's> <laughs> an outrageous thing to say to somebody. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. He's like, well, I guess, I guess I'm going to go in there and steal a baby. Was you crying when you stole the baby? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. All right. So I 
Somebody explain the character of Leonard Smalls to me, please. The the premonition and all things. <laughs> That's the funniest part of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, please. It's so ridiculous. It like does not belong here, but it's like it doesn't. But it's hilarious. It's somehow perfect. It's so funny. It's exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's so he caught out a, of here, but it belongs here. When he I, caught I, that I, flight he, in Arizona's office, dude, I almost fell off my couch. That shit yeah. was so funny. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Sure did. He's like, yeah, flies. He's like, no, I don't. This is an airtight room or some shit. Yeah. Now he said, he said, you have flies. Nathan Arizona Senior said, doubt it is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he caught that fly by the wing too. He didn't even catch it by the sure body. Did. Dude, just yeah. so funny. But please, just explain. I, I, I feel like there's a. I don't think I can, dude. <laughs> behind, behind the, oh, just behind the dreams that 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 HR was having and then you're an enigma. Out. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Somebody take a stab at it, please. What 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 is who is Leonard Small? What is he what is he representing? Who is he? Or is it just like just a just a dude with some superpowers? It's just Chris. a guy who needs to be funny, man. Like I, it, it, okay, so outside of that, this is one of those movies that feels so grounded in reality, even for all the silliness, even for all the stuff that's like, yeah, this wouldn't happen. Like it feels mostly pretty normal. And then when he has the dream sequence, even that is like, okay, that's just, you know, the, the manifestation of what he thinks is going to happen to him. But then you see him in real life and you're like, what, how does a guy, how does a person exist who perpetually looks this dirty? Like this person, <laughs> right off the bat, <laughs> Yeah, just look that dirty. Like it just—it's just not supposed. You're not supposed to be like have soot on you at all times. You're not a chimney. Oh. <laughs> what does he have grenade? Like, why are you in someone's office with grenades on? You're in a furniture store with yeah, live yeah, grenades yeah. on your chest. So Multiple. Like, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a belt strapped to your you? chest. I, I wish I could explain it, man. But it just feels like it's one of those where they're just. I don't know. Maybe to make it didn't feel funny enough. It didn't feel wacky enough. They needed to insert something crazy. You know what I mean? And, and this is certainly the way to do it. That I, I wish I had a real explanation for it. But all I can say is it's the funniest part of the whole movie because you're just sitting there wondering what what's going on. Nicholas Cage, H.I. blows this guy up. Right? Sure does. He murders, he sure does. Murders he dies in the streets. <laughs> Yeah. Was you crying when you blew up? Was you crying <laughs> when your biker blew up? Like, this does not feel like a movie where that's supposed. No one's supposed to blow up in a movie like this, and no, it's certainly not supposed to be like that. You know. Well, that's what's just weird is like watching a movie like this, and if you were to tell me there was any kind of body count in this movie, I'd be like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, what are you talking? Exactly. Yeah. And he exploded. Like, yeah. You know the movies that are going to have somebody blow up when you're watching, right? Like. like you can watch the trailer and like, oh, there's an explosion in this movie. Someone's going to die crazy. You, you just don't get that vibe from this. Even when he shows up and he's waving shotguns around, you're like, oh, he's going to find out why they sold a baby. He's going to have like a moment of compassion. He's going to like, you know, he's like got the big softy, you know, he's on the inside, a really nice guy and he'll let it go. No, no, no. that's not what happened. He's they blow trying to murder up. somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he, he said, shot I'll through. I'll somebody for you for free. He shot through the front of that that windshield with a shotgun, and the entire car was just. <laughs> I don't know what kind of both book. windshields, front and back. <laughs> That's a tough shot, man. 
I don't know what kind of bullets he had. That dude dropped a grenade by a bunny as he was driving by. That shit, man. that shit, was, man, that made me laugh so hard, too. <laughs> That's, I don't know. by the flower and he just caught Yeah. Just specializing in the ridiculous, man. That part, like, and that's what's just so funny to me about this is like the Cohen brothers direct this, but then they also directed No Time, No, No Country too. So then it's just yeah. like these are the same people, but it, they they both hit though. There's just signs of good directors, I guess, man. I can't really can't really explain why that's so funny, but it just was though, man. But it is, it was just that, like, just just ridiculous, and I I just I, I just couldn't explain what. I feel like Leonard Smalls was supposed to represent something. Cause dude, I'm sure dude, we could find some literary reference to it, but we could yeah. also just have fun just with watch. it. Yeah. 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 But yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're right, Keith. There probably is a perfect example of, of, of something that we're missing. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think he's just an enigma. I don't like, think dude. he's supposed to be in the movie. I think, you know, I think he just showed up on set and he just would not leave and they were scared like, of him. So well, fuck, I guess we'll put you in the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dirty. We should at least document. This is the dirtiest man on earth. Like, we need footage <laughs> to retain, you know, from yeah. the history books. You send the mic by the Mad Max set and they were like, y'all done with these? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> y'all done with this guy? Aaron bought his shirt. He found a guy bigger than him, somebody who could just lift him up and carry him up. Yeah. Y'all want this? You can use this. <laughs> the Michael Sarah effect, nineteen eighty-seven. That's where it started, right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with it. Look, listen, sometimes Randall Cobb. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, he's a good slot receiver. Yeah, he sure was. was. Yeah, his post-acting career, was couple hours. Good. Yeah, Randall Cobb. <laughs> But it, it yeah, I, so over just just ridiculous, and then the Gale and Evil showing up was equally as ridiculous too, because they went from just breaking out of the clink, wanting to hang out, to catching wind after Glenn dropped the dropped the news that that of course he knew that that the Nathan Nathan Junior had been stolen and he had recognized him, but it's you know then they steal the baby and then they're off that sequence after they kidnapped Nathan Junior and then them like. Having the bank bag bag explode mm-hmm. in there, and them meeting back up with H.I. and Ed, Chris, just talk about again, like we talked about. There's just several set pieces that just lasted, you know, six, eight, ten minutes. Talk about how funny that was from them abducting, like beating up H.I., taking Nathan Jr., and then running full circle back into H.I. and Ed again. How funny was that shit? That was hilarious because it's one of those where it's, they get caught. I guess being like HINA, like they end up caring about the baby, so they end up running themselves in the circles because they keep leaving Nathan Jr. behind and they ultimately just like, you know, their perfect bank robbery yeah. is derailed because again, now they're people who have to care about a baby. Now, you know, they they prior <laughs> to, you know, you know, when they originally mapped this out, they didn't have to worry about a baby. They weren't, mm-hmm. you know, both parents. But then it's like, oh, not only am I bank robber, but I'm like a father now. So it's like and I don't know, maybe, maybe the giant-ass baby is just like, you know, he's adorable to people. He just puts you in a trance. And, you know, they were goo-goo and gaga looking. So that was funny. And it's like, it's hilarious. That whole bank sequence, and they're walking through the bank of telling everybody, like, freeze and get down, like, all that shit happening, while evil is just, like, holding the the fucking carrier with the baby. And it just also makes that funny. It's like you say, Cole, when you just randomly throw a baby and it makes them like a parent out of nowhere it just makes everything way funny because it's an insane thing so that scene 
alone is already funny when you like fact that they're doing this while just carrying around a baby. Like that should be, I'm sure it's already moving on to like an end. Like that should be a movie in and of itself. Like just bank robbers who have to also just keep up with the baby. That that's a whole other movie that I think that we should get. I'm down. For sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that sequence is just hilarious. Like all the time they're slamming on the brakes. They have some obsession with just screaming when they like realize they don't I was have about to bring that up, dude. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please scream. talk about that. It's so fun. I don't think I've ever seen John Goodman just scream like that. Like he screams. I've heard him scream more time in this movie than like in anything else. And I've seen him like get limbs, you know, fucking chopped off, get hurt, and all sorts of shit in every other movie you've seen him in. But this one is just so funny that a thing will happen and they'll just they'll just be yelling. And then the paint blows up on the, the bag of money. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. They catch him. They said, Hey child, please take us with you. We're going back to get him. They're chasing on the side of the road. They said we can't live without them. Dude, they like they were out for let's just say a week or something, maybe not even that. And it was so bad them being out. They had to they put themselves back in prison. That's how they bad it was. On yeah, the, on the, they went back to jail. Yeah, they were still oh. covered in the paint. They were. Yeah, <laughs> like that was hilarious. That they were just like they went back. On their own, which so just just I guess just shows everybody just how tough life on the outside actually is. That the mm-hmm. two prisoners were like, yeah, this this is way better for us just to go back and be be like the yeah yeah. Cole, how much do did you like that scene between just them running around chasing their own tail, the the yelling, the paint, the paint. Well, what are those things called? The dye packs. Dye pack, All the yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. One of my favorite scenes of the movie, man, just because it's so like it's so outlandish, but you. You have the two perfect guys to pull it off, like John Goodman. It was just completely locked into this character, and he was yep. throughout the entirety of the movie. Every time he popped up, he just had home runs to hit. And I think that that scene is pretty funny because it 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 leans closer to the slapstick comedy because they left the baby on top twice. Somehow it was just sitting perfectly in the middle of the road without just being like splattered across the fucking street like would have actually happened if they drove off with the baby on top of the car but and then the bank robbery was really funny um just the guy being like do you want me to freeze or you want me to get on the ground like all that sort of stuff's always That's just so where the tellers works, go man. we're on yep. the ground sir we're on the ground sir <laughs> 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 yeah yeah that shit always is just so funny to me so great so, dude, that was like just that whole scene in general. Like, and like you said, Cole, it was just like I feel like every every line, everything was just teed up for John Goodman because it just showed like how talented that he was, even in '87. And I know we've got we've got the long history with him. Where do, where do y'all fall with John Goodman? How do we where where does he fall in your your actors catalog? Again, not a setup. Like I I, I genuinely I've enjoyed John Goodman in. I tell you, like in, if you ask me, John Goodman's performance in Flight was the best performance in the movie. I'd be like, well. <laughs> I I'm not I'm not here You're to fight you on that one. Yeah, I'm not here <laughs> right. to fight you on that. One. He was it's so it's good in that. He said, "You know how to roll a cocoa puff." <laughs> <laughs> Where do I put? It's weird because, like, I love him and everything that I see him in. But <clears throat> if you ask me to name my ten favorite actors, I probably wouldn't put him on. If you ask me to name my ten, my fifteen favorite, you know, maybe he's not on right. there. So it's weird to think like I can build out a decent number of people who I may say before I say him, but then mm-hmm. it's like someone's like, what about John Good? I'm like, oh, fuck, you're right. Like, 
I yeah, love Jogging Lane. I can't think yeah. of anything that would make me not want to rank him on a list, but it's just like, like where, he's the best. where do I he's put the thing about Joe Roseanne? He was the best thing about it. Like, the oh, hands down. Sure. Oh, he was. Yeah. Goodman. Might have been the only thing He does good that a lot, too, man. Show up in stuff that you're excited for. He's like, oh, was John Goodman my favorite part of that? Like, <laughs> obviously, we can't call him underrated because, you know, he's, he's had a big career. He's, he's pretty well known. He's worked with a lot of great people. But it's just like it's easy to get to ranking or get to naming your favorite people and kind of forget about them. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that he's just mind. had a, an odd career. You know, but like mm. he he does have those parts where he just pops up. Like he was in the artist. Like he just is one of those guys oh, that right. just like <laughs> is just just randomly is just there. And he's been in a shitload of movies that have been nominated for Oscars. Like in, in fact, like if you want to be nominated for Best Picture, put John Goodman in your movie. Um, I've actually run down the list before, but I can't remember exactly. But it is absurd. Every just about every time he's in a movie, he gets nominated for Best Picture. So he's got something about him. He's a good character actor. He's very funny. Um, you know, I don't. You don't necessarily think of him as like a movie star. Uh, but you think of him as a guy kind of like, I guess, Christopher Walken type, even though I know that's not like a good comparison necessarily. But they yeah, just like the- have these roles where they could easily be your favorite part of the movie, even if they're only in the mm-hmm. movie for a few minutes. Right. I mean, I'm just looking at his credits, dude, and it's insane. And like, it's weird because <laughs> yeah. I'll double scroll and I'll still be in like the 2010 to five range, you know, just because <laughs> just doing so many things like TV yeah. shows voice acting, movies, like, you know, of course he showed up in The Hangover 3. I mean, he's just all over, you know, all over the place. And so, I, I, I mean, he just had a great a great career, though. He is a truly talented artist. I think I think he's really good. And, Cole, like you're saying, I mean, you know, him and Argo was great. He was in the campaign uncredited, you know, just Oscar. like. That's great. Just great stuff. So, yeah, really, really talented actor. I, I wasn't, again, not trying to set y'all up. I just like. Just Chris, I think you said it perfectly. It's just one of those cases where we, if we are naming, even if it's like, just give me a top 30 of actors, whatever, and we just, you know, off the top of the head and start naming actors, am I going to say him? Probably not. But then if somebody's <laughs> like, what about John Goodman? I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Yeah. Like, put him on the list, you know? So I'm with you right there. Like, it, it is just, he's, he's great. Absolutely great. But we'll move into the categories because I just want, you know, it, it's, it's a good, it's good stuff, man. Like, good movie, obviously. The categories are a little tough. So for Laugh Out Loud, I did have a couple. I did already go over the first one when when Arizona Senior said, you know, when he was asked what the baby was wearing, he said a dinner jacket. He's like, hell, pajamas. Like that. Was <laughs> but then the, the joke that Nicolas Cage told about the cement truck and the paddy wagon, and he's like the 12 hardened criminals. Man, that crushed me, dude. I just was not ready for it. Like, that joke was so, so funny mm-hmm. to me. Bad joke kind of stuff, which is funny because like, he told he tells a dad joke, but then whenever it's time to, for him to be a father, he's like, ah, uh, I don't know if I'm ready yet. You know. Anyway, I know the mm-hmm. direct correlation, but still, that has got a really good laugh out of that joke that he told. So those are my two. Cole, what'd you have for laugh out loud? Uh, man, John Goodman coming out of the mud and just screaming <laughs> is like just un unmatchable. Uh, I also really like the damn dinner jacket. What do you think? That also is pretty funny. Yeah, that shit was real funny. Chris, what'd you have? Uh, so I've got one from the scene with with um, Nathan when he's, uh, I guess when he's yelling at all the cops or whatever, and he's like, I got a house full of, he's like, 
I got all these investigators in the one house in the state where I know he ain't. Yeah. I got everybody in the one house that I know he ain't. So that one gets me in. Then when Ed and HI, like after he fails to, to steal the, uh, the diapers and they're going down the road and they're arguing, they're like arguing and then he'll like stop and like just politely give directions. He's like, well, what do you think? I'm stressed out. It's just turn right here, honey. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Real. I wish I could look it up and see. He does like four times where they're just like full on yelling and then he'll just like pull his voice back. I think it's just right here, dear. And yeah. I don't know why I found that transition to how he was talking, which is really funny to me. No, yeah, that's I, a solid ass transition because that's, that's how it's going to go though, right? All right, yeah, but man, all the investigators in the one house in the state I know he ain't that was that really had me cry because, like, yeah, he's right, it's every detective in the world is here, clearly, the baby is not. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong, it's a good observation, literally. Like, Sherlock Holmes is in the bathroom, they're like, yeah, man, he's not, he's not in there, trust me. I'll yeah, look. we've already checked twice. All right, so for Mr. Mustang, I actually went with the missus. I went with Frances McDormand, this Dot, Glenn's wife. thought she was great, man. She came in in the house, and she was like – I mean, and I always just love whenever there's a scene, like, with a child or a baby, and the camera's set, you know, in the crib or whatever, and the actor's up there, and just the facial mm-hmm. expression. Everything she was doing was just really, really funny, man. I thought that she crushed as Dot. And, and the limited time that she had on screen, I thought she was just electrifying. So that was my Mr. Mustang was her. Cole, who'd you have? Same, Francis McDormand, like just you, you could tell in that moment, like she was going to be in our lives and a great actor for the rest of the time. Which she she has been. Sure has. All right, Chris, who'd you have? Maybe one of the most obvious clean sweeps ever because it's Francis McDormand. That, that, that's real Mr. Mustang stuff. She showed up. She was she displayed like, like Cole said, what we would know to be the skills are just going to make her this actress that's with us for forever. She cooked. She was very funny. And then she left. So, yeah. Yep. Like, I almost wish you could have got more of her because I was like, I bet you could do some really funny stuff with this character at the same time. Like, But I think the funniest part is like, you just see this character one time and you just don't see him again. Yeah. It's like, all right, just have a good rest of your night. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was perfect. Just leave us wanting, right? He said, take that diaper off your head and put it back on your sister. <laughs> Every part of that, another sentence that's just crazy. And then we just didn't see her again. She was gone. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Cohen brothers. All right, so for the Diesel, I already mentioned it, but it, it, it's it's Sam McMurray as Glenn. He was just terrible on top of him telling a bunch of racist jokes. He, he, snitched, he was going to snitch on a, H.I., of course, for having the stolen child. He get and the then stolen he, child. Understandable. Yeah. 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 Which is but understandable. No, he was trying to get the child. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was like, yeah, it was, like, it was blackmail. Yeah. Because Dot wanted the kid. Yeah. She wanted something and to curl he, up on at night. Then he was trying to be swingers with, with, with the couple, with H.I. and Ed. So, yeah, he was just, just all around, just, just a shit bag. So, that was my diesel. Cole, who'd you have? Uh, I'm gonna go. I, that that is the right choice. I'm gonna go with Leonard Smalls though, because I do think yeah. that he just wasn't necessarily good at his job. He got blown up in the street, middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. He also he was perpetually dirty, like Chris said. Yeah, um, man. He I, was gonna sell the baby yeah. on the black market. Yeah, like that's just insane, Leonard Smalls. Yeah, 
out of his yeah. mind. Randall Cobb, terrible person. Randall Cobb. <laughs> not, not the football player. I like I like him. Even when, even when he was at Kentucky, I liked him. So that The Randall a- Cobb Award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The not that Randall Cobb Award. Yeah, not that Randall Cobb. Yeah. <laughs> not the one you're thinking about, Randall Cobb. I think he overlooked his shape of production in 2013, but yeah, he does suck for what he did in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Who'd you have for the Diesel, Chris? I went with Glenn. Yeah, just just a just a weird guy. You know, he which is like fine. He had a couple of things that's like you kind of get. You know, like fire the guy with punches in your face. It's like, all right, I get it. But you also, you know, just invited like, you know, we should trade wide. The funny thing is, like, HR was like, boy, this kid thing is really stressing me out, and I feel like it's all collapsing in on me, huh? I know the solution. <laughs> it's like, did you yeah. what I said at all? Give me some advice on, you know, I think he like started to give him some advice, but yeah, no, that's the diesel. He did that and he comes back and he's talking about, you know, he's just blabbing out loud about the Nathan Jr. thing. He, you know, he set HI up to get beat up and tied up with blinds, the, the core from blinds. You could take that thing off, but I know now he gets right. tied up with that and then the baby goes missing and then putting all these situations that are not all on Glenn. I guess they're probably on the people who kidnapped the baby, you know, but. I'm gonna put it all on Glenn. So the guy sucks. Yeah, should have had Robe. a black eye about his broken nose, but terrible person. All, all right, rinse due. So we talked a little bit earlier, but Holly Hunter, man, she was just she was great. I wanted to give it to Nick Cage, I really did, because I feel like I feel he like it awesome. just yeah, yeah, he was great. But Holly Hunter was just really good as Ed, and again. A scene stealer. She was just, she was awesome. She was really, really good. And in, in scenes where she was in the scene with Nicolas Cage, William Forsythe, and John Goodman. And she was the one that everybody was looking at whenever the dust settled. So, Holly Hunter, my rinse do. Cole, who'd you have? Same. I said it earlier, but Holly mm-hmm. Hunter. Um, I could talk about her some more, but I think we've said it. Um, she is just kind of the best part of the movie. And in a lot of ways, like, I think the odd casualty of the film because obviously we got some really great movies from her but I think if you just showed me this movie and asked me who was going to be the biggest star from the film I think I probably would have said her yeah no no doubt you're right right there with you Chris would you have awesome with Holly Hunter I just I love Holly Hunter and it's like it's not until I see movies and I was like oh yeah I forgot I love this woman and her talents and just everything about her so much it's like it's almost like the John Goodman thing where you know she's out of focus you maybe don't think about it as much but in the second you see her you're like huh is this one of the greatest to ever do it i think so i think so yeah um, yeah but yeah i mean she you know she in a movie that is so wacky and all over the place she does to help to center at some parts by being while still a person who's in a very silly goofy mood you know with like let's steal a baby she also has a lot of heart to her character she kind of balances out on some of the yeah. dramatic and some of the emotional stuff and i think that that is Maybe a bit challenging to do such a good job that have to carry that torch almost alone in a movie that is, you know, so over the top and so silly in every other part. You know, there are scenes that she's in that have kind of the silliness going on, or maybe some of the other characters being kind of zany, and she has to be the one to play it straight, and it still ends up working. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the tough task, but she pulls it off really well. So, yeah, I also want to call it under. I feel like I give that out to people a lot when they're in a movie where it's like, Everyone else is is given this one way to play this scene or this one way to play up the movie as well, and you have to be the person to like be dead serious. And it's like together. that's tough. Yeah, yeah. And it's like putting that all on one person, having to be like the 
reel it in, keep it serious person acting opposite of Nick Cage has to go like the most impossible job ever. Yeah. You're in a movie with Nick Cage, you have to be dead serious about the way it's like, oh. Oh. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> I, I have you later. Cool. It's like putting a governor on a Trans Am, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Back in time. This is the night that Kobe scores 81, by the way. Uh, you you have to guard him. We've already okay. let you know he's going to score 81, but we just let's just see what you can do about it. We've, we're from the future. Have fun. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Oh, Rose. <laughs> yeah, she's got a statue too. Yeah. All right, so best scene. Uh, I talked about it earlier, alluded to it, but H H I trying to wrangle all the babies and still <laughs> and, and, and of course going back the second time, I just thought that was just really it was great. My best scene was was that oh. Cole, would you have? Oh, God. <laughs> he was coming for me on that one. Uh, man, I went with the uh, I, I just think it's really hard to beat that police chase. That shit was so funny and like oh. long lasting, too. Um, and I think in, in a lot of ways, one of my favorite police chases in any of movie uh just because it was just so well done right and and they had a plan as as to what they wanted to do they wanted to make it seem like a good legit police chase but keep everything mm -hmm. nice and funny at the same time and all the different set piece changes you know um holly hunter really in her bag in that scene um and of course nick cage is out of his mind he's kind of perfect as a guy who robbed a convenience store with for some huggies and ran so I got to go with that one. That's a good one. Chris, what you have? Best scene? I want that opening scene. I think I've picked opening scenes back-to-back -back weeks, but I, I like that kind of montage that's set up to, again, really let us know everything we really need to know about the characters. This is almost the same reason I picked the scene last week. Holy shit. But about the characters and their relationship with each other, so when we get to... I'm giving the same best scene. Holy shit. I was about to say, so when they get to the like, stuff, we over, we mm -hmm. completely understand it. And I'm like, hey, these are the same sentences I said a week ago. But I mean, it, it's, it's to the same point. Right? I like that it kind of sets everything up with the relationship and it kind of shows us their mental states and what they're willing to do, you know, for each other. And so when we get to something as silly as stealing a baby, you know, it's like I can totally see that from this guy because he's, you know, a lifelong criminal. I can see this from her because she, is so deeply emotional and can find herself super invested in these kind of things. And she loves him. She wants to have this life with him. Um, and, and it's just like, it, it sets up H.I.'s kind of mindset. We get a peek inside his brand. Then we have another moment like that at the end where he has, I guess this is a vision as opposed to him kind of catch you up on something, just getting a look inside of his mind and how he looks at things and what he's able to take serious. So uh, I really like that opening scene. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. It's really really good. I, I I liked it a ton. Sorry, you guys had to watch steam come out of my ears in real time <laughs> as I realized I'm saying the same stuff I said a week ago about a different movie. But yeah, it's pretty great. That was a strange yeah. one. So good, it happens, man. Sometimes in life, we just have to repeat ourselves. You, it's okay to go to the same gag sometimes, even though I know Basher said <laughs> move to the next gag, but mm. it's all right. All right, Cole. Awards. You see anything? No, actually, I'm I'm quite surprised by it too. I feel like um, at least like a original screenplay, something like that. Right. Um, I, in fact, I would have like bet money if you asked me if that was was nominated. I would have definitely have said yeah. So it's weird. Mm -hmm. 
but they they get theirs later. So no, man, it was it's it's early '87, so it, it didn't fall in that category. It was too silly. Yeah, every Oscar movie had to be serious. Do you see anything trivia wise? My main one I, um, is that actually Francis McDormand and Holly Hunter were roommates at Yale. Oh, nice! What, yeah. what a talented it makes all the room. sense in the world, though. Of course, yeah. yeah. That room has to be like closed off. It's it's preserved. It's like a like a national monument. Like it's impossible to stay in there. As if the building hasn't been destroyed. But if it's still there, I would hope that they like sealed that room. You had to pay a thousand dollars just for them to open the door and let you look inside it. Yeah, no, I, I don't see crazy. why. The talent it, of the room, holy shit! Yeah, mm-hmm. I the only thing I saw was Nick Cage's hair reacted to his stress levels. So the bigger his hair was, the more danger he was in. <laughs> hmm. That's <laughs> Makes funny. Sense. Yeah. Pretty cool move. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I like that a lot. His hair looked cool, even though it was insane. He had cool looking, good, hair. No. cool insane hair. No, it yeah. looked really good. I was a big style that was they were in their bag. Next time I get a haircut, I'm gonna ask for cool insane hair. Yeah, yeah give me the give me the Nick Cage in Arizona. Hey, give me the Nick yeah. Cage. Yeah, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It was also funny how it like wouldn't move, like it'd just be like all scattered like there. that. <laughs> <laughs> You could have kicked him down some stairs and dunked his head in water, and he came out. It was still just like that somehow. Yeah, that was, that was funny as hell. Yeah, the DJ Polly D. <laughs> yep, yeah. Did y'all hear they brought Angelina back? <laughs> <laughs> I've been in space for. Never mind. I see. What are you doing in space? I'm selling weed. <laughs> I'm waiting on Matthew McConaughey to get back. Sure. As one should. All right. So we can find Raising Arizona on Hulu, 1987. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So everybody go check it out when we can. But we are back around to my pick, and we're actually going to stay on Hulu. I know we move wow. around sometimes wow. to, to Max. I know, dude. It's crazy. We're going to get to Hulu. Bullshit. Going to give Hulu some love for a very, very important reason. So we're going to go back to 2008. But I, I was mm-hmm. I was compelled. I've been jumping around to different streaming services to find what I wanted to do next. And I looked up and saw this was streaming, and I had to do it because I don't know that we're going to get another opportunity. But Cole, you remember back in Rambo One when he was all puffy in the two? That's <laughs> up. That's that's how you looking right now, man. You looking more shredded. You more shredded, Julian Silent, my man. Julian Silent, my man. It. We're not doing yes. it. Are we doing it? We sure are. We sure are. It is on Hulu. I don't think I can make it. I don't know. I can't believe it. It's it's that time, huh? It, it is right. that. Let me tell you, when I tell you that every week for the past probably no <laughs> six months, I pull up the Just Watch app and I look to see if this movie is streaming and it never is. And mm. Monday... I pulled it up and I saw that it was streaming and it honestly, like I would tell the Pentagon, I, I would tell like, I would give neutral nuclear launch codes away before I was going to tell y'all that I was going to do this. Like yeah. I was, this, this was the hardest secret. <laughs> ever. It was a thing for me not to even just like casually say 
hey, do you guys see that Tropic Thunder streaming on Hulu? Mm. And Kofi, honestly, I thought I thought you would see it because normally you'd be like, oh shit, this is this is on whatever. And so I was yeah, like, oh, he, I usually keep he's, eyes. But, yeah. He's gonna see it and say something, and so anyway, yes, we are I'm doing. I'm to with you. Drop it under, gentlemen. It is on Hulu, so go ahead. You about and to cross the fucking line. You about to cross some fucking lines. <laughs> <laughs> this I, feels I, fake. We reference it does so feel much. fake. Yeah, so I think this is it. This is our last episode. I think. It might, might, I think it like, feels <laughs> weird doing episodes after we do it. Holy yeah. shit! Explode whenever. <laughs> We're legitimately going to turn it to dust after this. We're yeah. going to laugh. It's going to be sad, dude. <laughs> Part I... of the fun has been like how long you can put it off. I'm going to be so sad. Be actually, like, I'm excited. But once that pod ends, I'm like sitting in the dark in my room like that. Yeah. <laughs> I have like a, a picture of it. Yeah. yeah. Like that Batman yeah. meme. Wolverine meme. Yeah. Yeah. Wolverine. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Holy shit. Yes, right. I'm not ready. I won't lie to you. Yeah. I'm not prepared. <laughs> I, I'm not prepared, and I picked the movie, so y'all just yeah, fat yeah. <laughs> weeks. Get, yeah, He's had it's, ages. It is here. So I I, I watched it Tuesday, and I, legitimately, <laughs> you're I, a I strong laughed. man. I laughed. I would have sent the whole fucking script. <laughs> yeah, I laughed. Went 25 minutes straight. I laughed. I'm not even exaggerating. I was in stitches. <laughs> All right. By the well, time, here we go. By the time he punched Damian Cockburn, dude, I was out of Yeah, that was at the beginning, too. Oh, yeah, it sucked. Yep, we're here, gentlemen. All right. Let's go. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Raising Arizona on Hulu, 1987, Nick K, Holly Hunter, and a host of others. And they were going to 2008. Tropic Thunder. Good luck following that one up, Chris. <laughs> you, might, you might have to be done this is it yeah i think this might be like it. a four week yeah. hiatus we've made it yeah this is peak we're gonna take a fall break and come back after this yeah. for some more moves to come out sorry dang you have to sell it like we have to just get new hosts yeah i don't yeah. think any of us can do it anymore <laughs> we're gonna have to get placement hosts we're gonna go with yep. strike yep. yeah going up in the rafters <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My mic is up in the rafters in the shadow box. Yeah, buddy. You got a fucking like microphone, the desk stand. It's like <laughs> it's like way too long. They have to put a desk up there too. <laughs> All my notes are just handwritten out, but it's not my handwriting though. It's in calligraphy for some reason. People are like, "Hi!" All right, so everybody get ready. But yeah, man, prepare yourselves for all of us here at the stream team. Keith Evans, Cole Miller, Chris Lowry, a dinner jacket. Hell, he was wearing pajamas. Yeah. (laughs) 